International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition International Orienteering Podcast International Orienteering Podcast uh, welcomes you to this uh, Christmas edition of uh, the podcast. Um, I think we will not um, disturb you with uh, what we will eat and how we will uh, celebrate uh, Christmas. Uh, we can uh, stay to the orienteering uh, side of the Christmas. Maybe, maybe uh, can ask you what you will train during uh, Christmas, uh, Ivo. Yeah. So as I, as I'm still a little bit uh, injured, I'm not really training much. But yeah, today I was out in the forest. Uh, walking and looking at control points for the for the Swiss selection races for for junior world champs next year. Uh, so some orienteering, uh, even if if I'm not able to run myself at the moment. Uh, about uh, running and orienteering, uh, is this uh, traditional course of the year competitions at the World of Orienteering or, or World of U in short terms? Uh, and uh, last chance to submit your uh, Vote, should we say, vote to put in your suggestions for a top five in the course of the year. It's uh, 25 of December. And um, have you put in your uh, favorites there uh, yet, Ivo? Yeah, I was uh, I was very early. I think I, within 15 minutes of the post being up, I had been uh, put in my votes already. Uh, and, every uh, year, every year there's a lot of good candidates. So it's it's always... A pleasure to to look at all the different maps and then and then make a decision. Yeah, and as a true Lundanes, uh, uh, you put all the sprint uh, maps uh, down in the bottom of the list, and then uh, you stay with the long distance courses at the end. And I I will uh, suggest that you maybe have uh, five uh, long distance courses uh, <laughs> on top. Well. Normally, I used to find space for at least one or two middle distance races, but yeah, this year uh, uh, I have actually five long distance races. Uh, so I think uh, my number one was the was the Jaywalk long distance. I think that in Romania, I think that was a really really good course uh, with yeah with good variation in terrain type and in in the route choice challenges and stuff. So I think that was a, a really really good course. Uh, then I'm not completely sure about the, the order i mean it's some days since i voted uh, but i think one of the races i put in was the was this uh, national long distance in switzerland which i was running in tune uh, in the autumn which i think was uh, very very fun to run uh, i also have the the world champs long distance uh, but quite far down the list maybe number four or number five uh, and then i have the finnish champs long distance that was a really cool one with the with the women's course that was uh, picked out not the men's course uh, the women's course i think it was 11 kilometer or and 12 controls or something like that so really really old school long distance orienteering with a lot of long legs um, and then the last of my five picks is the from i think it's costa calida uh, it was in spain where there was the the world cup long distance in 2014 uh, it was a really really good course on the on that map uh yeah, you mentioned the long distance in 2014. It was one week ahead of the European champs in Portugal that year. and But there never was a results list in the men's race there. Yeah, I think they, they 
one of the organizers where there was a miscommunication and he started picking in the controls too early so there was one control that was missing for some of the um, some of the late starters in the men's class so but yeah uh, that was a shame because that long distance course was also really really cool um, so yeah but uh, yeah I think the, there's been a lot of good courses this year uh, as every year um, but yeah based on the type of orienteer I am I tend to to lean towards the long distance races, yes. And there is another anecdote in uh, in my head after you mentioning these courses. Uh, I think it was number two in your list there uh, in Thun, uh, ahead of the world champs in Switzerland, eighty one. There was a Norwegian favorite uh, called Eivind Thun, and in the newspaper, maybe I've told it before. And in the newspaper in Switzerland, it says before the race. What can tune in tune tune? <laughs> yeah, what can tune do in tune? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a really good uh, that's a good headline. For me, as uh, yeah, I, I like to sometimes call me a journalist. I like that uh, headline. <laughs> um, uh, the big headline for uh, this episode uh, is um, maybe uh, the talk or uh, the interview. Uh, with the uh, uh, world champs medalist, but we have also some silly season news. Uh, and in the uh, west coast of uh, Sweden, they are really starting to get a good depth in the squad. Yeah, lately EFK Göteborg have posting a lot uh, pres- of presentations on the website about the new runners. Uh, some of them we talked about last episode with uh, Elias Jonsson and Ludvig Ek. Uh, and since last time we've had uh, two more Finnish runners being presented, uh, Walter Johansu and Otto Gripenberg, uh, to strengthen the men's team. Uh, I mean, yeah, they are both decent orienteers, but I struggle to see that they will take a place in the uh, take a place in Yves Göteborg's first team in the big relay as a team with Nikola. But I mean, Yves Göteborg have a very strong second team, so uh, I think they will be very useful there. And I mean, also kind of covering. Uh, the spots lost by, yeah, as uh, IFK Göteborg is losing some guys to Farum Tisvilde, the Danish guys, so they can fill up the second team and third team with uh, with Finnish guys instead of Danish guys then. And uh, there is also, uh, yeah, uh, also in the, an, a Norwegian uh, runner coming to IFK, another new... Yeah, on the women's side, uh, we see Elisa Götz-Iversen. Uh, I think she's in the Norwegian junior national team, still a junior next year. Uh, she was running JWOC this summer and yeah, likely going to run also next year. And she's one of, yeah, one very, very interesting runner for the future. Uh, I think it, it's much the same here. I can't see her being good enough next year already to be running in the first team. Uh, but Yves Göteborg has a insanely good depth on the women's side. And as we saw this year in Tiumila with the second team being second at Tiumila. And yeah, uh, I think for Jukola, I mean, it would not be a surprise if we have three or even four Göteborg teams in the top 20, 25. Uh, so she will she will get a good team to run in, even if she's probably not getting in the first team, the first the first year at least. Yeah, and uh, for our foreigner listeners, uh, you can uh, take a look at the map. And uh, she is coming from uh, Tromsø, and uh, that's quite far up in north in uh, Norway. And uh, and uh, she's uh, then uh, moving from uh, a little orienteering environment in Tromsø to a big uh, in Göteborg. So 
Uh, I think uh, that could be a good uh, environment to develop as a Norwegian. Definitely. I mean, when you're that far, living that far north in Norway, I mean, you probably have five, six, five months maybe with proper winter where you basically cannot do any meaningful orienteering. So then moving to Gothenburg and having a whole new opportunity during the winter that can that can be only good for the development, I think. Um. There was this uh, last races in the Norwegian season. It was in Trom- Tromsø this uh, season, and uh, it was in mid mid September. But they didn't dare to have it later because they were afraid of uh, snow. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so uh, it it can be a really long winter up there. But now she will um, have a lot more uh, technical training and uh, running training during uh, also winter. Yep, and then we also saw IFK Göteborg present Pascal Schere, uh, the Jaywalk medalist from the long distance, uh, as a new runner. But I mean, he was uh, he was up there running races for IFK already in in the early autumn. So we've mentioned that uh, a long time ago here. Um, is there anything more uh, we uh, had have to mention in the silly season part before we? step to uh, this uh, week's uh, interview no i think we can jump to to ole oya now uh, our guest of the week uh, one of these yeah super juniors with a lot of medals from from jaywalk over the years uh, then he's been struggling a little bit the first few few years in elite class uh, but yeah this season 2023 was a really really good season for him uh, first individual walk mod medal in the in the long distance in switzerland uh, and definitely one of the big, big guys to look out for in the coming years. Yeah, I think uh, we should uh, listen to um, how he has uh, made his uh, breakthrough this, uh, or maybe we started seeing him, but uh, this year he is uh, also getting individual medals. So, yeah, we can listen to what, why it is that and, and uh, how he is coming so far. National Orienteering Podcast has uh, picked up the phone and uh, we are reaching uh, east uh, until Finland and Helsinki and Oli Oyanau. Uh, hello uh, Oli, how are you doing in this uh, December nights? Hello Ivar, <laughs> I'm doing uh, yeah, quite fine actually, or I've been a bit ill this week but otherwise it's, uh, it's good. Um, I'm... Uh, yeah, I have had a Christmas holiday for some days now from school, and and next week I'm going to to Alicant for a, a quite a long training camp. So looking forward to that. Yeah, how long will you be there for a training camp? Uh, in Alicant, there will be yeah like three weeks, but then I'll stay in in France the rest of the winter until uh, late April. So, four months in total. So, uh, so you will uh, escape from the cold winter and snow in Finland to be the best uh, possible orienteer in uh, 2024? Yeah, that's my plan. Or I will probably find some snow in France as well, as I like uh, cross-country skiing. But there I also have the possibility to uh, do all the most important running sessions and orienteering sessions on, on snow-free uh, surface and forest so that's uh, that's the perfect uh, combination for me but uh, you, you said you're studying how, how much uh, is it possible for an 
volunteer who uh, takes uh, world champs medals to uh, study? Yeah, I'm studying uh, around 50%. Uh, so it's not full time. And then <clears throat> I can, or I have fixed uh, it so that I have all the courses that have some uh, contact teaching every like autumn uh, semester. Uh, and then every spring semester, I have only online online studies or distance courses. So that's uh, perfect for me. Yeah, and uh, you also fixed uh, this uh, 2023 orienteering season quite well with uh, yeah, first uh, individual World Champs medal and uh, overall victory in Oringen and uh, silver in the World Champs uh, relay. Um, yeah, you, you're... Uh, had great success. What was the reason of that? Mm, yeah, it was a really good season. And of course, it's uh, probably hard to say like only one or two reasons. I think it's more like, and it's not about only the last year of preparation, but I think also all the other years, although there ha have been some, or I've had some, some difficulties and problems uh, but I think they have also been an important part of, of the journey and I have tried to learn something from them and then I think in the past two years it's, it was important that I spent uh, a lot of time in, in Switzerland training in relevant terrains um, and that I was yeah maybe yeah doing all that training and other things in in my way in a way that was optimal for me so i think that was uh, at least one uh, one key thing for me yeah it sounds that you have uh, sold out that good and got a, got a good uh, philosophy but uh, it was uh, you were uh, you had a bump in the road uh, when you fell and dislocated your shoulder in the autumn uh, how how was it with that you have to do an operation also uh, some weeks after that yeah it was uh, pretty bad surprising bad actually or at first uh, the doctors didn't think that it was so bad but uh, but it was and I was I, I got to try running with some uh, like kinesia taping uh, to see if I could run the European champs and then go to the operation but uh, it got dislocated all the time, basically, with almost every step. So uh, the surgery was necessary and I had actually no choice, no other choice. So it was uh, surgery in, in uh, late September and then it's been a pretty long rehab process. But now I started to do some running again and the direction is good, so I'm looking forward to the rest of the winter. Yeah, you you've started, but uh, are you uh, are you feeling you have lost uh, much uh, during this uh, recovery period? Yeah, of course, the shape is is ver uh, worse now, like clearly worse. Um, yeah, maybe ten ten seconds per kilometer, or something like that according to some of my trainings that I have done now. So, but it was, uh, I think it's uh, pretty much, much as expected because I had a long 
break from running to, to around two months and also not so much alternative training for quite many weeks so i think uh, it's uh, pretty much uh, as is as uh, expected but uh, do you uh, 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 manage to keep uh, calm and uh, do you, uh, one step at a time or do you do you have any back, backlash during this uh, recovery being uh, too eager or too fast uh, too much too fast mm, yeah I, i i think i'm i've been patient and so so i haven't had any like major problems but of course in the like in the first few weeks it was it went a little bit like up and down like Uh, like I got some sort of pain in the shoulder and it was for some days it was better and then a bit worse again and it was yeah quite difficult to because it was my first ever surgery and then the shoulder it's quite like when I visited my doctor for example it was quite hard to tell like what kind of pain I felt in the shoulder because it like it was like really hard to feel in which part the pain was and so on so of course the doctors couldn't say like so much about it because it was so hard to for me to say like that I feel it like exactly here so it was uh, yeah a bit of like some unanswered times um Yeah, then on the other hand, the good thing was that uh, I got the best uh, surgeon in the in, in Finland with the experience of almost 16,000 shoulder surgeries. And he said that the operation went well and uh, I should have a very like, or I, I, I should surely be uh, in shape for the next season and ready to train quite well around January so so you uh, trust him and uh, and you will be able to uh, to run uh, in the forest when you come to Alicante yeah yeah that's the plan so so far I've been running mostly on inside or only in inside on treadmill because it's been quite uh, not, not so good running conditions here Uh, some snow and ice uh, and so on so uh, and so far I've been running like I think last week I run three and a half hour or so so it's not so much yet uh, but uh, the direction is good so <laughs> the direction is you're optimistic and uh, and you will uh, you think you after Christmas or uh, uh, when we are over in 2024 you will be able to do the training as uh, you want yeah pretty much so it's uh, uh that's the plan and if there are if there aren't any any major setbacks i think i'll be able to train quite well um yeah already in january yeah and uh, what uh, what is the plan to be uh, the best uh, only ever in 2024 Yeah, of course, that's uh, always the plan, uh, and I'll but, do my best to reach that. But uh, how will you put out uh, your training during uh, yeah uh, winter and spring to 
be able to to uh, go fast in the sprint races and uh, the spring and summer. Um, I think the main ma- maybe the main thing is that I will spend the, this four month period in in very good training conditions, uh, and then I will yeah not do so many like new things in my training. It will be mostly the same like structure as in the past couple of years so yeah quite a lot of training hours also some alternative training cross-country skiing and so on and then uh, quite a lot of threshold training as well Um, and then yeah we'll we'll see in the spring how my uh, sprint shape is but uh, yeah I think in every case I will do a bit more running on, on, on fast surface because even if I wouldn't make it to the walk, there's still this first World Cup round, which is only sprint. Uh, and if I want to fight for a top places in the overall World Cup, it would be really nice to get some, some World Cup points already from the first round. So I need to be ready for, uh, for sprint as well. Yeah, uh, how how will you uh, uh, plan the season? Uh, you're all talking about the overall World Cup, and uh, you also have the World Champs in Scotland, and there will come uh, European Champs in Hungary. Uh, are all of they them I mentioned now important for you? Yeah, yeah, I think I would say they are close to equal important. Maybe the European Champs is the main goal because I have. Uh, better chance chances in the in the forest but i would yeah i would love to run the sprint walk as well if i get selected uh, so we'll see uh, in the spring how my sprint shape is um, and then of course the, i'm looking forward to the world cup final uh, in finland uh, as well and then i yeah want to yeah start preparing for the home walk as well so I'll be doing some some training camps in around Kuopio as well this summer. So it it will not only be about uh, uh, sprint preparations or or Hungary, but I will also yeah prepare for a uh, homework as well. Yeah, you're telling you start to prepare for home uh, world champs. I think you started already when uh, it was decided that Finland will get it. Isn't that right then? That you uh, started to look at the dates and uh, uh, mark them in the calendar to be at the best uh, in 2025 and the home. Uh, that's a uh, unique uh, possibility on home soil. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, it feels like I've been quite busy with uh, uh, walk in Switzerland and even Czech Republic. So I, actually, I only started, uh, or I, I did my first training camp around Kuopio last, or this autumn in August, uh, with the national team. So it was actually the start of my preparation. Before that, I uh, I wasn't even thinking about that so much. So no, it was but... most, mostly about the walk in Switzerland these past two years. Yeah, I see. But there was uh, what I would call a pre-walk uh, race also then. And uh, yeah, you were uh, quite, 
yeah, you were quite clear winning against uh, a guy named Caspar uh, Fosso. How how important is that to to show for uh, yourself and uh, the others around that uh, th- this terrain is something that you will manage? Yeah, well, of course, it was uh, wasn't any like uh, World Cup race or anything, but. Yeah, I think the terrain suits me pretty well. Uh, it's uh, nothing special, quite like traditional Nordic orienteering, uh, quite like tough surface in the in the forest, um, and nothing nothing special. And uh, yeah, I got some uh, pretty good feedback before I dislocated my shoulder. Uh, so, but yeah, I'm looking forward to to the next training camps uh, next summer and to the world champs. Yeah, you got the bronze medal in the Forest World Champs um, uh, two two years before it's uh, time for Finland. Uh, And then you will try to step up uh, some stages on the podium in Finland. Yeah, of course, that's, uh, that's what I'm dreaming about and working for but of course there are many many good guys competing and uh, that have this uh, same dream so it'll be tough but I'll do my best and um, yeah whatever happens I can be happy if I if I have if I feel that I have done my best in during the training and also during the races if I if I get to stand there on the starting line uh, uh, but it must must be nice, as I mentioned, to have uh, in your uh, when you are uh, able to be on top of your career to have a uh, world champs in home soil. Uh, isn't that a unique uh, possibility? Do, do you feel the the whole orienteering Finland is uh, yeah maybe doing a struggle to to get there and to be on their best there? Yeah, of course, it's uh, it's a unique opportunity or. Yeah, some members of our national team did uh, home the previous homework in Vuogat in 2013. But I think for my generation, it'll yeah probably be the the only homework that we get to run. Or we'll see how eager <laughs> we'll be to continue. If we look at Daniel Hoopman, it's like everything seems to be possible. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, unique for sure, and I think uh, everyone is, of course, wants to be part of the team. Um, and it's, uh, and I also think all the like the whole orienteering community in in Finland is very much looking forward to it. And now that we have had some medals uh, from the previous championships, it looks pretty good for the homer champs in two years. Uh, what what is the reason that you have uh, yeah uh, you have uh, reached so good uh, uh, good uh, results the last years uh, in Finland? Uh, what was uh, what has been the most important that uh, the whole team has uh, been better? Yeah, it's a good question. I think uh, yeah, of course we are at le- at least in the in the men's team we are. Uh, still not super young guys, but a bit younger guys that like 
we have been training together for a long time and and we have many like many good guys coming up in both sprint and forest and then of course that uh, we got this uh, this french guy as our coach i don't know if anyone has heard his name but it's uh, thierry something <laughs> yeah i was uh, uh, i was not mentioning his name so no no you <laughs> mentioning his name so yeah that's a good reason also maybe yeah yes uh, yeah 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 i think uh, he's uh, like with his experience and like all the work he's putting in for us uh it for sure makes a big difference as well and i also think that his like his passion and and motivation is very contagious so uh, even all the other coaches and athletes we are kind of getting energy from him from his excitement and passion and motivation so it's uh it's uh he's been a very important puzzle piece as well yeah i see uh the national team coach is he even a personal coach for you or is he uh, not just but is he uh, a national coach uh, and you have another personal coach yeah like officially he's just a national team coach but of course uh we are yeah quite or yeah i would say nowadays very close with him so uh i would say or yeah i could say he's my one of my personal coaches as well then i have my dad uh who knows me since uh 26 years back and then i have a uh Dotte Smeslund who was the coach of the national team in uh, late 90s and or like until the home world champs in Tampere 2001 so he's a bit bit uh, older and more experienced guy from uh, he lives in Espo here so uh, so I have uh, yeah many many people uh, helping me so uh, I know uh, Tutte Smelun uh, from uh, yeah from back then I'm so old that uh, I know him <laughs> so uh but um yeah with all your coaches and uh, your experience also uh, which answer do you need uh, in 2024 to feel that you are on uh, right way to the top positions in uh, the home uh, so world champs in 25 uh sorry can you repeat the question which uh, which uh, which results do you need uh, uh, yeah. coming season to be on the on the right way uh yeah of course um the better the results the better uh, for uh, self confidence and so on but yeah on the other hand it yeah it doesn't matter so so much maybe like next year because it's uh, it'll be a new year in 25 and new new races uh so of course if i have some injury or some illness next season and don't get the results i want i can still perform very well uh, in 25 if i get a better year then but of course i would i would like to take uh, uh or yeah step up a little bit already next year so i i hope i'd be as close as possible from the from the best guys in the in the home world cup in 
in Finland next autumn. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, mark uh, uh, to to have and uh, to pinpoint the goals. Yeah, yes. r- really nice uh, to hear what you're up to, and then uh, then we hope uh, the recovery will go as your uh, uh, plan, and uh, wish you good uh, good uh, travel to the camp in Alicante. Yeah, then, then we will will follow you, of course. Thanks a lot, yeah. Oli. Yeah, thanks. With the last part to go. Oli Oyanau there um, telling about his uh, way to um, to the success this year and um, how he will uh, train and prepare for uh, both next season and uh, 2025. Um, yeah, do you have any bullet points uh, from this uh, talk? Well, I think uh, it's interesting to hear that he's basically escaping Finland for the whole winter, starting with three weeks in Alicante, where there is, of course, very, very good conditions for orienteering, uh, and then staying the rest of the winter with a base in in France. Um, I think, yeah, Ole has been living in Helsinki, so it's not, yeah, the Finnish winter is not that brutal in Helsinki, but, I mean, the conditions in in Southern Europe uh, should be average quite a lot better uh yeah he, he is now living in uh Helsinki, but uh, he mentioned he have, has uh, this coach uh, Tutte Smelun and I, I was uh, talking to Tutte when uh, when uh, Ole just had moved to Helsinki and he he said to me uh you know he is coming from uh, Rovaniemi and when he was running his long run he didn't dare to to get back uh, uh, at right uh, in um, in the big city of Helsinki, so the long run was much longer than it was expected because he couldn't, uh, he didn't uh, manage to get the right way back. He, <laughs> he was not so familiar familiar in his own neighborhood. So yeah, it's uh, fun for Tutta. Yeah, and I was I was actually staying a day with Oli after Jukola in 2018 or something uh, because I had the flight home the next day, the Monday and then we went running and he was also struggling a bit with finding the right paths and roads there and then he had been living there for a year or something like that so uh, with Oli without the map is maybe not as stable as with the map <laughs> Yeah, that, but that's uh, that's interesting, then uh, you can get some more uh, trainings, but uh... Yeah, he also mentioned. Um, yeah, he had uh, many trainers or mentors there. Um, Tutte was only one of, uh, yeah, three guys he's uh, close to and um, discuss training with. Yeah, and of course, uh, Thierry is uh, is the big name. Uh, I mean, the for the older older listeners, I mean, they have probably a very strong uh, connection to Tutte as well. But uh, for the younger ones. Like even like me in this con- in this setting, I'm even among the younger ones, uh, so we don't know that much about his his time as a Finnish jun- Finnish national team coach. But yeah, uh, obviously with the with the experience from Totta and the experience from Thierry, uh, Ole has very good support around him. Yeah, he also mentioned specially Thierry, uh, but uh, what's also special is uh, that he is uh, getting a. Uh, world champs on home soil when he is um, yeah, at his peak in the career, and that's an uh, opportunity yeah, you need to take. Definitely, and in that way, I think Ole is, uh, is very lucky in many ways because I think, yeah, he was 
last year junior when he had a home junior world championship and now he gets a home world championship at the age of 28 probably one of the best ages you can have in orienteering um so everything everything is there for him to succeed but i mean as he mentioned he's not the only one that will be extremely good at that at that world championship so it's not easy to you can't just say that uh, you expect him to go and pick the gold medal easily um even if he took a very strong bronze medal this year um the gap up to Casper Foster is is still substantial uh, and it's not that easy to close and of course yeah the Finnish terrain suits uh, only better than the Swiss terrain but I mean the Finnish terrain also suits Casper Foster and other top top runners very good as well yeah but uh, I think he got uh, quite good uh, self-confidence after winning the should we call it uh, pre-world champs uh, already up uh, in um, Copio uh, this autumn uh, when he was beating Casper uh, Fossa quite clear uh, there, uh, and that's a good uh, benchmark at least. That's definitely a good benchmark, and it's it's always good to win orienteering races. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, his next season is is quite interesting, uh, and it's yeah, I mean he's he's he he is definitely more of a forest runner than a sprint runner, but he's also good enough in sprint races to be competitive at a quite high level uh, and that kind of make it uh, in my eyes it makes it a little bit tricky for him what he's going to do because I think if he's training very much sprint orienteering in the first half of the year aiming for the world championship I think he can get to the world championship in the Finnish team and I think he can be good enough to get the top 10 result uh, but I don't think he will be good enough to win a medal uh, and then you have to question Will that will it be better to not do that much sprint orienteering and maybe go to the World Cup and get a few top twenties or something like that, get some points, and then have a proper period of time preparing for the European Champs where he definitely can win a medal. Um, so yeah, that will be interesting to see uh, what he decides to do and what uh, what will happen. I mean, you can you can make this great plan and then suddenly you're injured or you can't do anything or suddenly you're super good in sprint races and you have to prepare for the for the world championship. Yeah, but uh, I uh, I think uh, it was quite clear that uh, he will uh, uh, prioritize uh, European champs and uh, and the uh, World Cup round in uh, Finland in the autumn. It, uh, it was uh, yeah. Uh, already looking for uh, the home uh, work in 2025 it sounds like but yeah uh, definitely yeah. and i think it's i think it's really good yeah from i mean i don't know who to credit i mean you can credit the organizers you can credit the iof i think it's really really good that you have the last world cup round in the place where it will be the world championship the following year uh, like we saw in last year with the, the world cup round in davos and then before the Swiss World Championship this summer, uh, I think that's really, really good for the for the runners to get the important race in a very relevant terrain, and also it's super good for uh, for people that are following orienteering because then you know that you will get a lot of runners that is very highly motivated for that specific World Cup round. Yeah, it could be easy uh, otherwise that uh, yeah you have this gap uh, only a couple of guys and girls. Uh, aiming for the overall World Cup and then uh, the others are uh, not so motivated as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you have two championships in the summer, 
uh, if you and the season is long, you have a, especially for the yeah, the Scandinavian runners that have very important national championship and stuff like that. Um, the season is very long, and it's not everyone that is being motivated in the end of September, beginning of October. But when you have the such races that is yeah, it's very important for the upcoming world championship to get good answers to get good experience in the terrain, to show the national team coach that you are good in this terrain and deserves to uh, to get a spot in the World Champs next year. Uh, I think that's that's the win-win for all. Yeah, and um, and they also uh, can get the opportunity to have a training camp there uh, after the, the races. So, yeah, you can have some, uh, some less uh, travel uh, expenses there mm. also. Um, but uh, I think um, that was uh, all for this episode and um, this year from Even National. Yeah, then we will be back sometime in the in the early begin early phases of January. Uh, so we can wish all our listeners a merry Christmas and happy holidays. Yeah, from both of us, and uh, yeah, uh, go out and get some good training during the. Holidays uh, also. That's always good. Bye bye. Oh, mannen dro ut och löp orientering med kart och kompass och med riktiga sko. Sikta sågar ett bästa notering för kroppen var lätt och god. Ivo National Orienteering Podcast. Mapping compass, navigation skill, orienteering competition. Running like a motherfucker. Ivor National Orienteering Podcast.